welcome to the 36th episode of Sawdust Nation podcast with myself, Nick, from NPG Creations, Josh from North Country Woodworking, and AJ from Crafted in NJ. Yo, yo. All right, folks, before we get started, I want to mention our sponsors and give them a quick thank you. We're going to mention Total Boat. They make the best epoxy, so check them out at www.totalboat.com. And JTEC Photonics, if you're in the market for a laser for your CNC platform, go ahead and visit them at www.jtechphotonics.com. Now, let's get into the nitty-gritty. Uh, we got Josh and AJ here. I want to know what's going in, going on in Josh's shop. What do you got going on, Josh? Well, I actually got quite a few things going on currently in the old shop. It's kind of filled up with some lumber that I bought and some slabs I got from New Jersey Wood Forever. Um, had a pretty interesting couple days off. Um, the first day was kind of planning the trip and getting everything kind of situated in the shop. Um, nice. Nick, mm-hmm. you got a question, man? Yeah, dude. So you said you went to New Jersey Wood Forever? Yeah. Are they all set up and ready to rock and roll? Or like, are they got the kiln and everything going? Yeah, the kiln is going. Uh, the new location's nice. all set up. They're actually, uh, it's a pretty neat operation there. They have a slab, uh, flattening, um, offering. Yeah. Um, they have the kiln, like I said. They have some beautiful walnut pieces down there. Obviously, some ash. I bought some of those. They have some cherry. Um, they have a bunch of new logs that just came in. Um, I mean, their setup is still. So you just go up there and pick out your slab? Yeah. And they're just like, they'll offer you. Do you, how much is it to like pay? Do you have to, you have to pay them to flatten it, right? Absolutely. Well, yeah. That you can do it yourself. Absolutely. Um, I'm not sure if they're offering to, you know, do it yourself. Um, I think they'll do it for you. Um, I'm not sure about their prices <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> um, but it's, Here, it's, here's a slab. Just flatten it yourself. <laughs> just do it. Do it now. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, like, hey, man, you want to use my router and my, my sled? There you go. Yeah, I mean, I know his goals because, um, you know, I've known Mike for a while. He's the owner and operator of New Jersey Wood Forever. Mm-hmm. He has a sawmill. And, you know, with having a small business like that, you know, get to know the owner really well. Really good guy. He's been working with Wood for a very long time. He's a highly um, – educated craftsman when it comes to woodworking and uh has he been working with with wood forever yes it might be in new jersey New Jersey wood <laughs> forever. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah i mean like you know when in the beginning when i had questions i, I would go home and ask him and he would you know help me out he had me pick out my first slabs because he knew what i was going for and um his prices are almost unbeatable in the area uh you can nice. you know if you really need some wood you go there, pick out a log, and he'll cut it up for you with a, his standard pricing there, and you have a whole bunch of slabs, um, or you can just you know go in there and see what he already has. So I mean, it's an experience going there because you know there's a bunch of guys in there buying slabs. Um, he really wants to put together a small workshop in um, his building. That way, people can utilize that and maybe you uh-huh. know create something of their own there. Um, but it's just an experience because you get to talk to people from around Jersey, you know, see what they're doing and uh, kind of share your story with uh, new makers that are not necessarily on Instagram or social media. So, so did you, did you give him any of our stickers so he can advertise for us? Yes, I did. He has a couple of our stickers that nice. he can give All out. Right. He is an avid listener of Sawdust Nation podcast. And uh, Oh, really? That's so awesome. Yeah, he's a, he's a pretty cool guy. Yeah. Going back to what's in the shop. Uh, I'm actually making them out for myself. Um, it's actually the same wood that I used on AJ's and Nick's 
Um, it's just nice. a combination of the both. Um, I broke my last mallet trying to get the handle in the mallet I was making. <laughs> it literally fell apart. Um, I think well, that had a lot to do with the fact I made a pallet wood. Um, but, you know, it's what I had on hand and it was scrap. So. Um, but how long did it last you? Oh, it it lasted a while. I can't. I would have to look on Instagram and see when I posted about those mallets, but it, not to put not to put you on the spot. No, no. Um, but it you would say like a year. Yeah, give or take ish. I mean, like yeah. I, I made one mallet, which was a complete disaster, and that was like mm-hmm. in the very beginning. And then I made the second mallet, and I have literally beat metal with that. I beat you know wood, obviously. I mean, like it's the general purpose hammer in the shop. And I should have saw it coming because as I was hammering on the um, the other hammer, um, I saw like a crack. I'm like, oh, I'll just fix that with a epoxy when I get done with this. And all of a sudden, I'm whacking away in the wind and a piece of the hammer goes flying behind me. Uh, it was an interesting <laughs> That's experience. definitely a show title. <laughs> whacking away in the wind. But uh, Nick's frozen, so I can't tell if he is. Yeah, I was going to say, I can't tell if he's laughing or not. Or crying or what. Oh, there he is. He's moving oh. now. I'm here. I'm in the old rocking chair. Uh, he's like an old man, old man Nick. Um, but yeah, long story short. <laughs> wow, we, we're not even five minutes in. Um, oh, train of thought. Anyway, okay. So in oh. the shop. Um, you know, I got that mallet shipped. It's out. Um, actually arrived today in uh, North Dakota. So that is a gift for going away present. I have two orders for two chiefs in the squadron I'm working for currently. Um, I have another going away present that I'm doing. I have the wine cabinet in the works. I have a table in the works. Um, and then. There's, uh, I'm making – this is a new one. So challenge coins. We've all dealt with challenge mm-hmm. coins. Uh, AJ, even yourself, you've dealt with flags mm-hmm. for them. I had an individual actually write me and ask me if I could do a wood challenge coin. So I am carving and then laser engraving on some cherry and uh, gave him some samples. And I think mm-hmm. he wants the actual carving. Um, I just have to adjust it a little bit. And I'll be making like 30 of those. You're you're saying you're gonna do a challenge coin rack or a coin itself? A coin? No, the actual yeah, the coin, actual man. Coin. It's gonna be oh, about wow. three inches. He gave me the design, and I've already done, like I said, a little bit of sampling for him. That way, he can kind of see the difference between the actual engraving slash carving, mm-hmm. and he's really cool. wanting the carving. So I thought cherry would be a good option because of the strength and like the natural coloring mm-hmm. of it. So. It's it's something new, and uh, I, I had people reach. I gotta go say, ahead. man, that's a big job. Like yeah. for yeah. not a lot of pay. Not gonna not gonna lie. Uh, I run from those kinds because just it's you know your CNC machine can only go so fast, mm-hmm. and then you got to cut every one of them out, and you got to sand them all, and all that stuff. I I remember doing the Christmas ornaments this past year, and I was like, "Man, when will this ever end?" <laughs> well, you know? and then the challenge. Co- the ahead. good thing about these is there's no coloration; it's just going to be the carve. It's with a V bit, okay. and it's uh, from um, Amana Tools, so I can ramp up the mm-hmm. speeds a little bit more there. And that's the only bit that carves them out. And then I have a compression 
that that's going to actually cut them out, which I can ramp up the speed just a little bit faster. To do one coin mm-hmm. took me maybe seven minutes total. And that was that's me running it on a slower speed than I will the rest of them because I was trying to test okay. it out and see how that was going to turn out. Are challenge coins usually double-sided? Yes. Are you doing I'm, – I'm venturing to say – you're probably not doing a double sided, right? You're just doing one side, then carve it out, then cut it out. Yeah, he hasn't showed any interest in doing the other side. It's just the one side. Okay. Um, and you know, I'm still working with him and so, seeing exactly what he wants, but it's basically it'd be a one sided wooden challenge coin. Well, you could so also doing do beer tokens. If, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if if he wanted, even in your situation, you got you know the Glowforge. So uh, as I'm thinking about it, you probably already thought about it, but if you wanted even a saying or names on the back, at least you could throw them into the Glowforge and then have that carve, you know, engrave that out while you're carving more of them out on the CNC. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like, I'm very lucky having multiple lasers. I can go ahead and when one laser is going, I can have another one going. And I have Mm -hmm. in the past, like Nick brought up, doing ornaments before, I figured out how to do multiple with, you know, have you do a cutout on a piece of wood that's a shape of the ornament or the coin for this case. And you leave it mm. in place and make you do your first one and you know everything is straight. You just have to replace them as you go. And then you're not messing with trying to line anything up. It's just, it's like a, you make one, you take it out, replace it. Make yeah, one. it's assembly line. Yeah, so it's, it's much quicker and you're not wasting time setting up. And which, with at least me, setup is, you know, is a lengthy time. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so I got some interesting jobs. Um, I actually reached out to uh, another maker that does vector images, Lawrence Kelly. And mm-hmm. uh, he actually opened up a store. It's uh, www.dougandjackiecreationsllc.com. And this gentleman, if you give him a picture, he'll make it into a vector for you. Yeah, he does a really good job. He's done a couple of jobs for me. And uh, now he has a store with. I think he did one for me too. Yeah, I think actually yep. for you're the one his, who sent me his way. Yeah, Nick. Yeah, but uh, go. Dude's legit. You need to check out his store. He has a lot of great stuff on there. All in all, I got all the wood I need for everything, and I just need to sit down and get in the shop and get it all done. Um, I'll be doing a lot of carving while I am uh, building the wine cabinet and the table, and uh, mm-hmm. with that conduit. So. Um, anytime you go and you buy piping for your, uh, your clamps, your pipe clamps, make sure you buy the 10 mm-hmm. inch or yeah, 10 inch, the 10 foot. <laughs> okay. And then have it cut to size because in this example, <laughs> yeah, uh, I bought a 10 foot half inch, uh, conduit and they cut it in mm-hmm. five foot sections. The, the next size down that was already pre-cut ready to go was I think four feet. And it was like $16 and I got 10 feet wow. for like 19 and I, I bought two huh. of those and I got four or five foot sections. So I saved a lot of money and got more for the money. So just keep that in mind if you're doing any kind of pipe clamps. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's, I have a lot of that going on in the shop, but uh, I really, really need to know, AJ, what is going on in your shop? Well, like I say it all the time, flags. I have, uh, yeah. yeah. I was gonna say I put money on it. He's making flags. You have no idea. Just in the past week, I think I got about six new orders of flags. Um, one guy that I know, I actually sold my old truck to him. 
Um, he's a he's an officer, and um, he messaged me the other day and says, "I want three flags and I want two patches, and uh, let me know how much." And uh, gave him a price, and he's like, "Get them done, you know, whenever you can." The big so ones. He wants three three footers. One of them he wants with the gun rack, so I have to replicate what I already made. And then he wants a, uh, a sergeant's badge and a I forget uh, I forget what the other badge is that he wants as a standalone. So it would be the patch it's, or the badge itself. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, I just went through my head on how many orders I have just for flags alone, and including his. And I think I have twenty flags that have to get done. Nice. Not any specific time. That means you you've literally you got done like what fifteen of them from last time. Did you have like thirty five? Well, I had wait. I, how long? Yeah. How long does it take to you to do one? If I don't procrastinate like on it, <laughs> if I don't procrastinate, and um, I could probably get, if I really dil- uh, uh, diligently went, and I could probably get a flag or two a week. But that means I'm cranking out every single night, m- Monday through Sunday, and um, you know that's it. That's all I'm doing. But um, I could probably get a few more done, but when I try, this is what I try doing. I try carving once, especially since I have to uh, set up the tent in the uh, in the garage. I, w- I want to do as many as I can in one day, so then I have a stockpile of them, and I just label them so I know which ones are which, and then I get to them as I get to them. Um, but you know, it's time consuming. Yes, you sir, you sir with the uh, with the. <laughs> Beautiful eyes. Um, sorry. Yes. <laughs> I digress. Anyway, so out of curiosity, it's still along the uh, lines of carving. Did you get the Laguna based on the fact you're now carving in the garage and to help with uh, all the sawdust that it produces? So to let everybody in, Josh is talking about the Laguna Supermax Air Scrubber that I got as an upgrade from my WEN 3410. And yes, you're absolutely right because what happens is I don't have – you know, that, that little shelter that I have is not solid. So there are gaps in it, you know, sawdust still comes out of it. I, when I unzip it and I walk out, I'm covered in sawdust. So it's all over the air. I have to say, I used it over the weekend for the first time and it captured so much more dust. I mean, that when worked out great, but with that carving, it's, um, I'm lucky enough that I'm able to contain most of it, but that fine, fine particles, mm-hmm that are floating in the air really got picked up by that Laguna. I mean, it's moving, it's moving almost double the amount of air. And, um, it, you could definitely tell a difference in, in, in just the air quality. As soon as I opened up the tent, I walked out and I didn't see this fog in front of me. You know, I, I was actually able to see. So, um, it definitely are helps the, uh, out big time. Are the filters, are the filters more expensive? They are more expensive, but the, the one on the outside is actually washable. So um, I could just run a hose over it and then, um, you know, blow it out, run a hose over it, let it dry. And it's – I don't know if it's like a, a different type of material, but it's not like a pleated one, you know, like a normal air filter. Um, the definitely, pleats. Yeah, it, it's a little bit different. It's an illusion. It's an illusion. <laughs> you just... think it's capturing air uh, – capturing stuff. But no, I, I have to say it's, um, it's a beast uh, over that when. But now the wind lives in the CNC room, so I can at least have some kind of filtration in there. Even though I have dust collection, it, it's going to help out, you know, especially cutting MDF um, if I have to again. Mm-hmm. That stuff, no matter how much dust collection you have, the MDF 
just f- goes everywhere. I don't think you can totally alleviate MDF dust. I think it's something that no. is always going to be produced, and uh, you're mm-hmm. just going to have to live with it at some level. Now, that's some nasty yeah. stuff. Question on the CNC room: Are you ever going to mm-hmm. do um, its own dust dust collection in there, or are you just going to leave it piped no. the way it is? Piped the way it is because that um, I would I would it would be a lot louder in there, and that's legitimately right under the house. I mean, my my shop is right under our uh, bedroom, but you know during the day no one's in there because the, the the master bedroom's above the garage. So that's where I do, you know, all my work. And you'd have a dust collector running plus the um, CNC. And that CNC, once in a while, you were talking about a compression bit earlier. Have you run a compression bit yet, Josh? Yeah, I have. Yeah. I actually have an eighth inch. Does it scream at you? So Nick taught me this. I run it at a lower level and we're able to increase it. And I found the happy medium where it's cutting smooth and, you know, at decent Mm -hmm. speed. And not screaming at me. I mean, it's a little bit louder than some of the bits I've used, but it's not to the point where, you know, stop yelling at me type I, I, thing. <laughs> the first plunge I ever did with that uh, eighth-inch compression, I was like, whoa, what do okay. we have here? Yeah, I will say the first time I was it used it, it, it definitely gave me, like, uh, I wondered if my settings were correct. But What's that, Nick? Was it stuttering, like going uh, across the no, wood? No, it was like, just it was just the noise of it cutting the wood. No, I mean like I know on the X carves specifically, there's so much flex that in the in the Z axis that when you mm-hmm. run a bit across it, if it's running too fast and mm-hmm. the bit's not able to uh, uh, effectively cut, it just it just keeps skipping and making. I mean, it doesn't physically skip, but yeah. it's it's put putting a lot more strain on that bit and. It makes a stutter noise, and it's no. terrible. Yeah, no, I didn't have that issue. It was just the fact of um, the the bit cutting into the. I think I was cutting into plywood, and um, it, it was just a. It was definitely a different tone. You know, I I hit send on the on the controller, and then I kind of walked away, and I kind of got shocked because I wasn't expecting it. You know, I'm so used to a down cut bit that I've been using, but. Um, it was uh it definitely left a cleaner cut I have to say which I, I was very shocked on um and surprised about. But anyway, I do have to throw a project onto the CNC because I don't have a dado stack and I don't have a router bit to do we were talking about this last time. I think after the podcast maybe two episodes ago. Um I have that noodle board that I want to do half lap joints on mm-hmm. for the uh handle and the back side. So what I'm going to actually do is I I already mocked it up in the uh, program and uh, I'm going to do, I'm going to actually do dados around the whole thing, except for the front on the CNC. And then I'm going to have it engrave a, uh, a, a monogrammed letter for their last name. So it'll sit on the CNC and do two things that I wouldn't be able to do, you know, just on the table saw or whatnot. Cause like I said, I don't have a dado stack and I don't feel like buying one, setting it up, learning how to use it. Figured, throw it on the CNC, get it done, and I know it'll be precise. Yeah, um, that'll be a, that'll be a fun one. Um, and I think the last thing that I we talked about this one other time when I asked you about your wine cabinet, if you know you were putting it off because it was a big project and you know you you were getting almost like intimidated. Mm-hmm. I have to still do that bench for someone's bedroom, and um, 
I'm intimidated by it because it's larger than anything I've done before. And, um, of course, I want to make it right. Just still afraid to start it. And I still have tons of other projects. So one day it'll get started. One day, maybe in a couple of years. So <laughs> Yeah, half my battle, man, with mine was trying to get the material to the shop. Because a lot, yeah. of, a lot of times when I go to a big box store, I had them pre-cut with the plywood so I can fit it in the car. And I always have to do mm-hmm. it like an inch or half inch past the measurement because... I don't know how they do it, but they never cut to the dimensions <laughs> that I need them to. Yeah, right. So that saw is not right. Yeah, I mean that that panel saw they got saw jacked. I up. had to come up with a plan to get to all the material that I needed for n- n- these big jobs I'm doing to the shop. So that was actually incorporated in my last couple of days. Hmm. That's good. Well, that's all I got going on in my shop, Nick. We all got to know. The world has to know. Walnut the cat has to know what is going on in your shop. Oh, what shop, guys? I'm not sure what you're talking about. The mobile one. <laughs> yeah, so I don't have a shop right now. I, I've actually uh, been packing everything up, and it's really, really, really gone. Um, the majority of my equipment is in a U-Haul. The rest of it was picked up by movers today. Um Fun fact, U-Haul has terrible customer service. Um, I uh, Should I write them I down as a, a company? Uh, no. Company yeah, mentioned. go ahead. Uh, <laughs> Leave that out of the mentions. <laughs> Let me tell you something, man. I ordered a, a trailer over a week ago, and I got confirmation saying, you know, we'll have a trailer for you. I go to pick it up yesterday because I had to start loading my shop up. Just because I have to leave, you know, I don't have a choice and uh, no trailer. So I come back today, no trailer. And it took, uh, and I was supposed to pick it up at eight o'clock yesterday. Today, all the way up until I want to say, it, it, I picked it up at 4.30 today and I mm. brought it home and I started filling it up this, this evening. So uh, it's just an absolute, it was just a trap, man. Just a giant sand trap, and I just kept sliding in like quicksand. Yeah. Uh, I kept falling further and further behind on the on loadout. Uh, my equipment, I had to entrust some of my more expensive equipment to the movers, which Oof. I have some good movers. No, uh, like today, like the movers that I have assigned to me are out- outstanding. Um, mm-hmm. They've they've definitely done an excellent job, and I know that um, when I get down to Texas. Because they're going to be the same ones delivering it. It's going to be awesome, and that's when I'm going to start. You know, I'll I'll start setting up my new shop, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you guys are going to be uh, kept in the loop on what's going on in my new shop. Because that's that's what I'm really looking forward to do is the layout and getting everything yeah. ready to go. But uh, but yeah, man, that's that's all that's really going on in my former shop is a bunch of sawdust all over the floor still, and not a lot of stuff anymore. Just a yeah. few empty boxes. I gotta ask because I think we talked about this um, a couple episodes ago. How who moved your CNC? Did you or the movers? CNC is in the back of my U-Haul, and okay. I moved it myself. I won't let anybody touch that. <laughs> uh, I I don't trust anybody to. I mean, like even you, you people that deliver babies couldn't even touch it. You know what I mean? Like I won't I won't even let them touch it. <laughs> I want to, that's my baby. Now, Nick, oh, um, you, you didn't mention this, but uh, a few days ago, you're like, I, I accepted another job. 
<laughs> what oh, was man, it? Man, I was going to ask about that. What was his job? Oh yeah, I, I think I know the post, or I saw it in your shop. Either one, but uh, I'm curious, and everyone wants to know, what job was it? Oh, so it was a few days before the movers were supposed to actually be here, and one of the guys that I know in my unit was uh, was our first sergeant left or was leaving, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Oh man." I was in charge of getting the first sergeant a gift, and I forgot. <laughs> so he's like, can you help me out, please? I was like, all right. I mean, I have the material. I just have just enough material, mm-hmm. right? I've been dwindling down so I didn't have to haul a bunch of material across the country. And uh, so I hooked him up. I made it, and you know, he paid me. It took one day, less than a day to make. It was, it was literally on the machine for an hour and I threw some paint on it, sanded it, clear coated it and he had it picked up. So, nice. but, uh, yeah, I'm a glutton for punishment though. Right. Yeah. When you said that, I'm like, like uh, Oh my God, like, how is he going to do this? Well, I, if he wanted something super in depth, I would, I mean, I told him, look, look, man, I, I don't have nearly the amount of capability that I used to, mm-hmm. uh, just because I don't have the materials and I'm not going to go buy new materials <laughs> and I don't have time to do a build. I don't have time to, you know, I just have time to make you a simple carving, nothing super, uh, in depth, but yeah. Anyway, that's what's all going on in my shop. Soon enough, you'll be back up and I'm running. Exhausted. And, well, I, I bet if you were, you know, putting all that stuff in the U-Haul and, Getting, you know, stressed out with uh, people moving your expensive tools. I don't know. I don't know how you I, – I don't know how I would do it if somebody was moving my shop because I thought about it yeah, at one point. You know, I want to redo my um, garage floor because it's all pitted and whatnot from the previous owner. And I'm just thinking of like now I have to move the table saw, the, the miter saw. You know, I have to move everything out. That's stressful. I'm just thinking yeah. about it's stressful. Yes, Josh. It, it's super stressful because if you don't if you don't do it right, you know you could damage something mm-hmm. that's going to cost you a ton of money to fix or replace. So, well, even when I had the issue with the table saw, Josh and I were talking, and the video that I watched on how to remove the motor, the guy, the guy literally disassembled this whole table saw, but upside down. He put the whole table saw on its cast iron top, and I'm like, nah. That ain't no 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 no. I'm not doing that. I'm not risking throwing it out of square and then you know now I got to set it back up again. That's just yeah. too much. It wouldn't be so bad if you had a, a few other people to help you turn it upside down, though. Yeah, but I mean, all like, I had to say you put all, like you put. Go ahead. Well, if you needed to actually dissect it, you know. Well, all I had to do was. Did you actually dissect the motor? Oh yeah, I I. <laughs> I looked at this the table saw after watching the video, and I go, why didn't the guy just remove the back panel? His whole theory was that the motor was extremely heavy, and um, I, I, I'm still baffled on it because the motor itself, how they positioned it, was very easy to cradle and take the nut off that held it onto the, the arm. So I literally had the motor out in no time, and I'm going like, I would have been here for the whole day disassembling it. And I even showed Josh. I was like, I got this motor out in like, I don't know, half an hour. It was easy. You should have made, you should have like tagged that guy in the video you made about it. Well, here's the thing. I did, I did record everything, but the only problem was I recorded it in portrait and not in landscape. So everything was scrunched down. And after I got, 
Yeah, trust me. I put it on the tripod and I'm like, after, I think at the very, very end when I flipped the table saw back on, I was like, wow, I just recorded this whole thing wrong. And um, never do that again, I guarantee it, man. (laughs) No, I I never will. Never again. But did you have a question, Josh? Actually, not a question, more like a statement. So, I mean, like, you do have everything in your shop on wheels, much like I do. And I believe Mm -hmm. Nick did as well. Um, so, I mean, like, it wouldn't be as big of a nightmare if it wasn't, A. And if you did it on a really nice Jersey day, I mean, you can get everything out of your shop, you know what I'm saying, under, you know, some kind of, you know, a structure well, of some sort, and then do your floor. That would, in the end, what I'm trying to get at is the house you're in, you're going to stay in. If you redid your floors oh, yeah. and you knew they were level and everything, it would help you later on. You, you, you came by. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that. Right out of my garage, it slopes. It goes up. Yeah. So I, I wish I had a nice area where I could just push everything out, you know, so I didn't have to push it up a hill and then onto a flat surface. <laughs> but your door on the other side, it, it kind of opens up to your backyard a little bit. It might be a better option there. Yeah, but the problem is when you go right out the door, there's a there's a retaining wall. So I would, you know, you can't push. I can't push the table saw out that way. Yeah. I can't push the bench. It, it's a lot. I would. I already thought about it. I would at least have to. Um, I, one, there's actually a big dip in right out of my garage door because mm-hmm. there's a drain there. So uh, well, it'd the, be, it would oh, be. Yeah. It would be a trip. The wood whisperer did his uh, floor not too long ago, and he basically. And now, your shop is not as big as his, and it'd be harder mm-hmm. to do. But he basically moved all of the stuff to one side. Did as yeah. much as you can, and then you know let it dry, and then <laughs> move everything to the other side and do. It. <laughs> but I mean, I, I really see a benefit in you doing that. Oh, it would help out tremendously. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I can't, I can't even move my table saw a foot without it hitting a divot and almost tipping on me, Oof. because rigid yeah. somehow designed three wheels instead of four, so you have a single pivot wheel. That if it gets stuck, the whole table saw wants to tilt, you know, one that's way. What, that's what my delta is as well. Ah, oh, man. If you, it, and, but the delta has a square base, but the the one wheel has a, is the pivot wheel is mm-hmm. the third one. Yeah, yeah. So it's – I would rather have two pivot wheels, but nice. I guess, you know, got to save some money in manufacturing. <laughs> Somewhere, gotta save yeah. those two cents. What can we cut from this? Ah, oh, let's take out the extra pivot wheel to keep it, you know, nice and level while moving. <laughs> so anyway, um, anywho, I I do believe that anywho. we got quite a few questions that got sent in, and well, I wasn't done with my shop yet. Yeah. Oh, How rude, man! Geez. Oh man, I thought no, you I'm gave totally me playing. the. Go ahead, bro. <laughs> making me look like a fool. Um, so anyway, we got quite a few questions that got sent in. And um, I'm going to throw it to um, Josh so he can uh, get the audio ones up if he hasn't already. Well, you got to put me on the spot here, but uh, I want right. to introduce this individual before we go ahead and throw his audio up here. And uh, we have a question from Wooden Whiskers Trading Company. Tyler asks us a question, and here it is as I'm pulling it up. And now it's asking me questions that I don't know what I'm doing. Hey, what's up, fellas? What's up, Tyler? Tyler here. Wooden Whiskers Trading Company. Question for the podcast. I got holes. Got to drill some holes. So in the past, I've uh, used my hole saw. I got a Lennox kit. 
the super kit that goes up to, I think, four and a half inch diameter hole saw. It works pretty well. They only recommend like 500 to 750 RPMs, which is kind of where the problem lies. It's a little bit difficult for me to keep my drill at the recommended speed. I have a a vertical, I guess, press you call it to keep the drill straight, and that works pretty well. I've already burned out a couple Milwaukee's and had them rebuilt. But my question to you is, when do you consider going into using your router for making holes? I recently got this uh, router plate jig where you put a pin and you can draw various diameters. Uh, and I got some upcut and some downcut milling bits. So I was going to check it out, but I wanted your thoughts. Appreciate it, guys. I know, I know mm. for a fact that when I was trying to do cornhole boards... And um, I got a six-inch hole saw. I, I, I know how to hold the drill right, um, but it was still a bear to mm-hmm. cut that out. And now this whole time I was cutting it out, I'm trying to think, okay, I need to make a jig. I need to use, you know, my router. And I wound up using the router, no problem. And uh, I think if I had to cut that large of a circle again and, you know, I didn't have anything but a router or a drill, I would definitely go router. Especially if that template um, – now, I don't know how that template would work with cutting a circle out. Like if you want to cut like a hole into something because if you think about it, usually that jig, if it's pinned in the center, as that circle gets cut out, wouldn't that circle now move on you? You get what I'm saying? Yeah, so what you're saying is usually that circular jig for the routers to cut a circle to keep and utilize. Using Correct, it for yeah. such a six-inch circle – um, you're literally going to be moving that piece. And it, I I see what you're saying, but I think you'd be okay because you want that circle to pop out anyway. So as you're going around, you know mm-hmm. when that material is about to be you know cut and you can maneuver yeah. it as is. But I think you're right. uh, you, you, first of all, you should use your CNC. <laughs> I, I know, but I'm going on if you didn't yeah, have a CNC. I know, I know. You know. In that case, uh, we already discussed that in the episode, but... It, it depends, I think, on your bit because, like, I bought, um, mm-hmm. I, I think it's six inches, yeah, six inches for a cornhole board. Um, and mine did fairly well. Like, I don't know what's different about mine versus yours, or it, it didn't really give me much issues. Yeah, it kicked back on me once, but that was my own fault because it was uneven. Um, mm-hmm. I think anything beyond that, I would definitely go ahead and use either the CNC, if that was an option for somebody, or a router jig like Tyler's mentioning. Um, mm-hmm. Just based on the fact that uh, six inches and that much wood being cut, it's you have to be very careful, and you kind of have to finesse it. And he's already said he's burnt out you know, some drills in the past. He can't get the uh, RPM recommendation because it's hard to you know manage when you're doing that. I think he already answered his question. I think using the jig and those projects, you know what I'm saying, is the smartest way to go about it. Yeah. What, one thing I well, would say is just take light passes on the, the, the router as well because yeah. I've had a bit grab on me. Mm-hmm. I was trying to do a full pass on three-quarter ply. And uh, I went, you know, the bit's going to take Why? it. <laughs> because look you know, at like, me. What? You're asking for trouble. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm going like, look, it's a Milwaukee router. It's a really good uh, downcut bit. What could go wrong? And that bit almost went into my face. But that's what could point. have gone wrong. Answer your own yeah. question. So, I want to. Yeah. I just want to say that I've made cornhole boards for over 15 years now, Grandpa Nick. and 
anyway, you you young kids and your router bits. But no, uh, I've used a hole saw, and I love my hole saw, and it's exactly six inches. Now, the problem, what I see some people doing or being confused a little bit or having issues is when they measure out that six-inch diameter uh, with that jig for the router bit, they don't take into account the actual the width of the router bit mm-hmm. as well. So mm-hmm. if the router bit's – like say you draw a six-inch hole on – I did that. <laughs> Yeah, you draw a six-inch hole, and then you you cut the outside of the line. You're now your hole is now six and a quarter inch, yeah, or well six and a half inch all the way around instead of uh, six on the on the button. Mm-hmm. Um, and and likewise, if you if you take the line, you know what I mean. You're right on the line. You're still just a little bit over uh, oversized, but obviously cornhole is not as serious as I mean. Some people are super serious. I was going to say I, I actually, they but, might uh, measure it. Yeah, my first cornhole but if board they, set was four tournaments. So like it had to be within you, the regs. I've never really actually measured my cornhole, but um, <laughs> cornhole measurements. Oh. So I just Wait, I mean you, you got to be able to get. <laughs> Do you ask a friend? No, I mean uh, most of the ones I make. I mean, obviously I use the whole saw, right? But if I was going to use the router, I don't think people. Unless, of course, they're using it for tournaments or whatever. But uh, most of the people that I know don't typically – it's just for picnics and family outings and stuff. So, you know, they just need eight bags to be able to stuff in the cornhole. Not, <laughs> not, not, not worry about regulation size. <laughs> anyway. Moving on. Are, this is a family show. This is a family show. Stop it. Moving on. Good question. <laughs> Good question. Good question. Good answers as well. Yes, uh, we so, um, hit that in the head. Well, you want to go into the next voice memo? Yes, our next voice message comes from Trails Custom Woodworks. Isaiah down there, or I should say up there, eh, has sent us a voice message, and here it is. Hey guys, it's Isaiah calling from Trails Custom Woodworks in response to Nick's question about baked wood and how it tools. I recently made a mallet with baked maple. The one thing I noticed is it smells like maple syrup when cutting it on my table saw. The other would be is it is much softer for some reason than regular maple, or maybe that's just me. I'm not sure. But on to the main reason I called in, and that is because I have a question for you on sprayers. I'm wondering what your suggestions are on sprayers. I'm looking to spray paint mostly in the cabinetry uh, part of things as I'm starting to start a small side business on cabinets and I need to spray paint for cabinets, mostly doors, gables, and that. I've really been looking at Fuji and I'm wondering what your thoughts are and if you have any other suggestions. Stay safe and uh, thank you and I'll look forward to hearing your answer to my question. AJ, what's your thoughts? I would say that the baked wood would probably tool a little bit easier because there's n- nothing in it anymore. There's no, you know, if it's baked and there's no moisture in it, it's it's a lot less dense. And <laughs> you just touch it to the table saw and just this cloud. I don't, come on, I don't think he means like ash. Like like burnt ash, you know yeah, what I mean? I know, like it I turns know, to charcoal wood. Yeah, but I have heard that it is um, 
forget who it was. They coffee. were using uh, custom builds. Yeah, it was the first time uh, Mike I over saw at it. Coffee. Yeah, I think it was re- baked redwood, if I'm not mistaken. And he was saying that it was very splintery. It was very easy to work, um, but it would splinter very easily, and it's because the moisture content was next to zip in the agile mm-hmm. wood. Yeah, and then you had to be very careful when he finished it because of that as well. Yeah, um, and to touch on the sprayer, honestly, I would. I think the only reason I would like a Fuji is because everyone else has a Fuji, and I want to get a Fuji. But honestly, I like my Wagner four thousand. I can the the thing that I like about it, and I've mentioned it probably way too many times, and Josh is going to give me this face that okay, we mentioned it, but I like that. Um, uh, Wagner, because I can change out the bottle without having to clean it out every single time. And um, <laughs> what what's that face for? Who's anyway? I don't know. I heard a noise in the background. Yeah, I, I heard that noise too. We just saw two <laughs> and there's oh, Nick. That's my He's dog frozen. drink of water. Sorry, <laughs> Nick's frozen, and we're hearing this noise <laughs> in the background. I, yeah, I'm I like, can't see him. So. It was throwing me <laughs> off, too. Dog. What is that? It's his dog. My dog is, like, chugging water with his tongue. Dude, stop. <laughs> anyway, anyway, the Wagner comes – you can buy new bottles with the sprayer already attached to it, like the, mm-hmm. the nozzle and everything. So every sprayer um, bottle has its own, you know, nozzle, own settings. So all you do is you just literally click it onto the handle, and you have a new finish that you're spraying. Um, I was finishing three different projects that had three different finishes on it, and it was easy. I still had one sprayer. I could literally click a new one on, and I'm spraying, you know, spar urethane, going to Total Boat, going to um, Polycrylic. So Homewright has something similar. Uh, in the recent mm-hmm. year or so, they came out with uh, a similar system than your Ragnar there. Um, now, I haven't used their new system where you can click off the actual sprayer and the bottle itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only reason behind that is because I can't seem to find where they sell just the spray head and the bottle separately. But once mm-hmm. I do, I'm probably going to switch over to that because I really like that system. I've been hearing you talk about the Ragnar and how it operates. Uh, but yep. I like how the home right is a self-contained system. It doesn't have a hose. It's a, all everything is just you plug and go. And uh, I was talking to Trails about this question earlier in the week. And as I was talking, I'm realizing to myself, like, I know the Fuji would be much better. It'd probably be a smoother finish. It would probably be quicker, what have you. But since I don't really have a place to do a lot of the finishing, and it's like mm-hmm. a little portion of the shop and the tent or even outside, I think I'm going to stick with my home right until, you know, I have a bigger shop and a place to do that because it does everything I need it to. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that Wagner definitely, um, I'll take one. Like I said, you want, you want this one? Yeah. I'll give you the empty one. Oh, thanks. Um, recycle. They're drinking uh, beers guys. Just so you know. No, I am. I'm not drinking beers. Seltzer water. Drinking seltzers. No. Okay. Um, but anyway, um, now I lost my train of thought, and we're going to go back to sprayers. And Nick, uh, your turn. <laughs> <laughs> I have very little experience with sprayers. Uh, I recommend the rattle can. No, I'm just playing. I have a, a home right I just bought, but I, I'm still waiting on that first opportunity to get that spray on. So no, um, I, if Fuji uh, 
What's up? Did you get the home right uh, like I do, or did you get the one with the nozzle and the uh, the the paint bucket thing comes apart? Yes. <laughs> no, I, I don't. Great answer. I don't remember, man. I bought the I bought the kit. Okay. Whatever kit was, so you bought what uh, I got. Yeah, uh, probably what you got. But I mean, I liked what you had because I've never ventured into that that field before. I was over at your house, you know. Yeah. yeah, we uh, we definitely <laughs> and experimented did an and got you used to some new equipment and, uh, you know, some new finishes, varnishes. You experimented with Josh? Yeah, first time. Wow. Yeah, we used that Halcyon, and now my life has changed. Yeah. I'm not even kidding, man. That stuff's amazing. Right? So, that's right. I So I got the flat, and I got some gloss Halcyon, and I'm going to go ahead and hook it up when I get down to Texas. But uh, do you guys notice any difference in the spray, by the way, when it's cold outside? Yes. Mm, yeah. I don't – I don't – I tip well, I couldn't spray outside recently when it was real cold because uh, I had too much snow around. But um, so, yes, I have. To answer that question okay, – Well, that's too bad because I'm moving to Texas. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm just playing. <laughs> so to answer that question real quick, I if you're spraying any kind of uh, – finish usually i don't have that much issues depending on the temperature um obviously they have the recommendation on which ranges you should be spraying in but mm-hmm. let's face it you can't always be doing that um a lot of that time a lot of the times i've done it it just either take a little bit longer or it dries extremely quick um mm-hmm. paint is mm-hmm. where i've seen most of my issues when it comes to uh spraying because it will like crocodile up on you on different locations Mm -hmm. um based on the temperature or if you spray too thick um aj i know you have some uh, insight in this well i i just looked up that sprayer that you were talking about from home right and it is called it looks like because it has a quick lock and go technology they call it quick change nozzle for easy cleaning and color changes it's the home right Two four one two three three one quick finish paint sprayer. It's fifty dollars on Amazon. So, and it looks like it doesn't have a hose. It's all in one still. Yep. So that's actually pretty nice. So you still have all in one, but you can change out the. It almost looks like a Wagner, but just has a little motor on the. Back. Absolutely. The only problem I'm seeing is you can't. I'm not seeing a way to buy just the uh yep. the detachable part. Now, if I can find that. <laughs> Game mm-hmm. on, because I, like I said, I would keep the one I currently have for like the finishes and then get yeah. that one for like paint because honestly, it would be useful to have. Yeah, definitely. So what about Fuji though? Is that, are they supposed to be like top of the line or what? I don't know. That's why I'm asking. They, they mentioned Fuji. Yeah, they are, you know, every, everybody who you talk to always says go Fuji because of the spray quality. Um, honestly... Uh, the stuff I'm spraying, I don't really notice. You know, of course, I'm going to put it out there. I never used a high quality sprayer, so mm-hmm. I'm not like you know uh, comparing Fuji to Wagner. But in my experience and the finish that I get out of this sprayer, that's uh, I think you can get this sprayer for under way under two hundred dollars, and the finish always comes out amazing. I just did a uh, a large welcome sign. And I sprayed it with uh, Halcyon, and the finish was, I mean, absolutely perfect. I didn't have any issues with it, no bubbles, no streaks, no nothing, no runs. And it came out, it comes out nice and even, and it, it sprays. 
You know, it's not like it, you know, it puffs out little bits here and there. It's a nice, even coat. But Fuji, everybody you hear Fuji say it's the best. That's what you got to go with. Yes. Yeah. I've pretty much had my head in the sand for all this finishing stuff since I've been doing what I do. So I'm just now getting on board, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm in the same boat as AJ. I have never used a Fuji, but I think it's one of those things where like, uh, when you start off, use a, uh, I don't want to say cheaper, but, uh, in this case, it is a little bit cheaper, uh, cheaper mm-hmm. tool. And then you use a more expensive tool and you realize, you know, there is a benefit to going to the more expensive realm. It might be, you know, you have to do one pass to have two passes or has yeah. a little bit, you know, it doesn't have as much overspray or these little benefits that will add up. But I think if you are doing, you know, the professional hobby, like all three of us are, I think the Wagner or the home right will do you just fine until you mm-hmm. start, you know, producing mass quantity of stuff and can justify such a, I don't want to say industrial level sprayer, but I mean like a professional sprayer is probably a better verbiage. Mm-hmm. I I'm, I think I'm going to use my Wagner until it literally kicks the bucket. And even if it does, I, I think I'll go right back to the same one. Um, you know, I, I think eventually, you know, having a bigger shop and getting into it a little further and, you know, the more mm-hmm. high quality jobs I do, I think eventually I'll lean more and more toward a Fuji in the future because, you know, they are known for, you know, their quality and just easy use and what have you. But uh, I mm-hmm. don't see it being a near future. It it would really take a lot, like a massive, oh, you know, $10,000 job or something crazy <laughs> to go ahead and purchase that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. But uh, we have some other questions. Um, I think we hit that one. You guys uh, yep. well, want to head into the Sam's? Well, I mean, yeah, I got Sam's here. We can do that. Okay. Uh, so Sam writes, Hey, Nick, Josh, and AJ, do you only one question this week? Do you offer any sort of warranty to your customers? What customer issues do you find are within reasonable limits and where would you draw the line? And he adds a fun question. He says, If you had to choose a superpower, which would you choose between flying or being invisible? Look forward to the next episode. Sam. Go ahead, guys. What do you want to be, invisible or do you want to fly? <laughs> so uh, I, I, I'll take this one first. Um, I would have to say fly. Don't you already? Fly. Yeah. Well, I, okay. Here's my thinking here. It's a little off subject. but So, yes, you could take a plane. You could take a helicopter. I mean, Cessna, what have you. But – being able to be like, hmm, I want to go here. Now, taking out, you know, atmosphere and, you know, temperatures and all the other stuff that go along with this and just say it wouldn't bother you, um, flight would be amazing, you know, especially right now during COVID. I could be like, I'm going to my camp. I can go to camp. I have to worry about anything, come back, you know. I just think it would be a cool little superpower to have. I I don't want to be like a naysayer or a Debbie Downer, but like if you fly too fast and you don't have invulnerability, next thing you know, you're going to crash into something well, and you're you're done. That was that was basically <laughs> the first thing I said. It's like taking out the fact of like I, I know I'm all sure. that nonsense, uh, and it didn't affect you in any way. Man, could you imagine just being like, just go where you want when you want, and it, it doesn't tell you you know how fast you it's can called- go, so maybe you can go you know really fast, Superman speed. 
Yeah. But, I mean, that would help, you know, when, when you went to Home Depot and then you go, ah, man, I forgot that A, <laughs> I B, forgot C. something, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'll be r- right back. And next thing you know, you, you know you're, you're there in a minute or so. And then you fly back. Yeah. So what about your warranty? <laughs> warranty? <laughs> um, so like anything, within reason, if they come back and it's something that I caused, um, within reason – I would definitely look at it and try to help them out. Now, if you remember, like, quite a few episodes ago, I told a story that happened to me of I built a couple different uh, pieces of furniture. I finished them with paint and polycrylic, and they sat in a garage for a number of months, um, almost like three months. And then the customer Uh came back when they moved them, and they were like, well, it's yellowing on top. The polyacrylic in the paint I use don't yellow. At least that's what the can says. And uh, I've never had an issue with that in the past. Now, it was three months later, and I was willing to kind of work with them a little bit because I understand they needed these to be, you know, ready to go. But uh, I was very hesitant because it was the time. Now, if they would have came back in a week later and said, hey, these are yelling, it's probably something I did. But it being such a lengthy yeah. amount of time... It and with me knowing the finishes that I used and the paint I used, um, I know for a fact it wasn't me. Uh, but you know, I want people to recognize my work and be able to say, "Hey, you know, he he was willing to help out." I mean, that would have cost me what some paint, maybe some polyacrylic, whatever. But I mean, yeah. like if a leg got broken off because you know during a move it fell and like it just wasn't supposed to take that wear and tear. Then now we're talking a repair cost because that wasn't something that I did to cause a malfunction. It was something that happened. Um, you know, I try to hook my customers up with all the customer service that I can, but I mean like anything I have to put a limit on there. So a warranty, not necessarily, but within reason, if the request is, you know, something that I cause in any way or, uh, didn't do right. I'm willing to fix my mistakes. Yeah, mm. definitely. I mean, well, either it, AJ, it's uh, warranty is a hard one because I mean, you know, it's all one-off pieces that we're making. Um, we don't want to, you know, we want to put the best product out there that we can. Mm-hmm. And there are, like you said, there are limitations. You know, of course, if it broke because of something they did, you know, they dropped it or whatnot. That's of course not going to be. But um, I actually had a flag that on my early stages that was um, starting to cup on me and the customer noticed. Um, and, you know, I told him, I said, look, if it gets worse within reason, then, you know, let me know because my fear was that it was going to cup enough that maybe it was going to start splitting or something like that. And it's still hanging up. And that was, I want to say early last year or yeah. something like that. So um, it's still going strong. And, um, you know, he hasn't said anything. He still follows me on Instagram, so I guess that's, you know, a kind of a good indication that he doesn't hate me yet. And um, But if it's within reason, I'll help somebody out because I, I, that's the type of person I am. I'm mm-hmm. not just going to sell them something and then turn my back on them, um, you know. And a lot of my customers are repeat customers, you know, with six, seven, eight, nine projects that I've done for them and still more to come. So I want to keep them happy. 
And it's 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 mm. you're you're a bit a business customer service at its finest. So How about you, Nick. Wait before oh. Nick takes it, you got to tell us what your superpower would be. Oh yeah yeah, yeah. that's a hard one because I mean even if you were invisible, it's not like you could just walk anywhere and just start taking stuff and then not having to pay for it. Because then why not? That two by four would just be floating in midair. Yeah, Nick, where are you going to put it? Not so if it you keister it. I'm just saying. <laughs> She's like, I knew it. I knew it. He was going to go there. Hopefully you're not getting the yep. eight-footer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, I don't know. I, I, would, I, I would say I would probably go with flying. Okay. I, one of the reasons, I, Nick, I, I think I know where you're going to go with yours. Um, he already did. Yeah. Invisibility, like honestly, you're gonna find out exactly what people think of you, and that could be good or bad. Oh, exactly. You know what I'm saying like, I'm cool with that, man. I get to know who I can trust and who I don't have to worry about. Yeah, but that might be know? earth shattering. Be you never know. Yeah, I'm a realist though, you know. But so I think everybody knows now. By now, I'm invisible, man. You know, uh, go to the Six Flags. Don't have to worry about paying. Just go right through. Um, cut people in line. You know, and just just curious just on, a, seat on a roller coaster. You know, you sit down. It's gonna be kind of awkward if someone tries to sit there too. Well, yeah, you close that uh, the the harness over top of you, right? And people just think the rides that that seat's out of order or whatnot. Um, anyway, um, but warranty as far as that goes, I don't warranty my my stuff. Uh, if I jack something up, then it's my fault. And I'll fix it. But if you mess it up, like as if it falls off the wall because you didn't secure it properly mm-hmm. or who knows, I'm I'm pretty much most of my stuff I can't just repair. I have to recarve it, you know? Yeah. So it's going to cost me time and materials. Um, but by all means, if I – like because in the early stages of me shipping stuff, I had problems with – the corners of my uh, some of my plaques getting chipped, mm-hmm. and it was it looked really bad. Some of them like you could fix with some glue, and just sanding it and refinishing it. But mm-hmm. other ones, it was like you're not gonna. You're, there's no way you'd have to recarve it. So I recarved them for the customers just because it was my fault. I didn't put enough padding around it, and that's my bad. I get it, you know. But um, I'm I, not out to get anybody. I'm not out to like screw anybody over. Um, monetarily i'm just trying to um set some some good limits limitations on things for my my business you know and that protects me and that also gives a good word of mouth for uh for future business if people know that you know if i have a mess up i I take responsibility for it and i'll fix it speaking uh, along that topic what has been your biggest mess up that you were able to I guess, kind of get away with. <laughs> Not get away with it, you know, that you were trying to pull one over on the customer, but you were able to, as we say all the time, that you want to, that you incorporate your, you know, your screw up into it and you know it's there, but no one else would. It becomes a feature. Yes, a feature. Thank you. I couldn't remember what we, what we had called it. I don't know necessarily the biggest, but I do know the most recent was, uh, you remember that sign that I made? The mission board, that long, long piece of cherry. Uh, I want to say yes. Said, yeah, the one he brought to uh, my house and we sprayed. 
Oh, okay. Yes, yeah, yes, that yes. one. So the lines dividing each part of that that board were routed lines. Mm-hmm. And I did that with a palm router and guides. I didn't do that on the CNC machine because I figured it would be easier to just get a straight edge and just do it that way, right? Okay. You know, you just run that router up against the straight edge, do, you know, little passes or whatever till you get to the depth that you need to be, and you're good to go. Well, I started doing the first pass of the line that was going horizontal all the way across the sign, and I didn't realize it, but the router climbed away from Oof. the straight edge. I was so mad because I was like, oh, my goodness. It's one single line. It was supposed to be one single line. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went to bed that night so mad at myself thinking I'm going to have to start all over. And then the next morning I got the, I woke up and I was like, boom, idea. Let's just make it a double-sized line. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, I so, mean, you, you I incorporated mean, it and made it a feature. Nobody, nobody ever asked me. Nobody said, I like, like. My wife was like, why are you so mad? I'm like, I just messed up a piece of like $100 wood and I got to redo it now. It took me six hours to carve the thing. But uh, yeah, I fixed – I don't say fixed it, but I Messed I it. added features. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What about you, Josh? Um, <clears throat> well, I got two. Uh, not too long ago, I did a sign out of cherry, carved it. And uh, for some reason, when I did the actual – verbiage on it i must have clicked too many times on the text button and it made a random text that i didn't see and it was at the very bottom of the piece so it basically carved this entire piece out everything's going great and then i see the uh 90 degree bit v bit start going to the bottom of the edge Mm -hmm. and it starts carving there i stop it immediately because it was that was the last little bit and, you know, we turned to home and all that. And I'm like, I have no idea how to fix this. So I went ahead and I cut it out. And I'm looking at it. And I'm like, I still don't know how to fix this. And I basically put a chamfer on it. And it got rid of that little mark. And uh, it turned out great. Like, it actually made the sign, I think, better in the end. And then the, Bravo. Yeah, the most recent was actually this last mallet. So, as I said, I wrecked my mallet trying to get the handle in. And I have no idea what exactly happened because I dry fitted everything. It was just fine. But when I added uh-huh. glue and I was trying to get that thing in there, you can ask my wife. I was in there <laughs> whacking away and trying to get that in there. It broke my mallet. Like, I did everything. I've had I've had mallets where it was difficult to get through. And I just could not get that damn thing in. So I got it probably, uh, I don't know, a good way in. What are we talking about here? The uh, mallet whacking in the workshop. Yeah. Trying uh. to get it in. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, Long story short, it was about maybe a half inch from the top. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, I, I can't get any further. I pushed and pushed. It just was to go. So I took, I'm like, it already has glue on it. So it's not going anywhere. Obviously, it's pretty stuck in there. So I took <laughs> a, a piece of cherry and I put glue on it, and I went from the top, and I uh, malleted it in. And uh, did, did put, you pound it in? I did. I did. Light okay. taps this time, though. And it okay, went in okay. just fine, and I put a little bit of uh, angle on the top, and I called it a day. Um, 
so I was really, I mean, like, you, I, I spent quite a bit of time on these mallets trying mm-hmm. to get the, you know, the sides and everything the way, you know, I I do. And uh, I, I really thought for a second that I wasn't going to be able to finish it in time. But uh, it actually turned out good. Like, I like how it turned out. Nice. Well, I guess um, the biggest mistake that I had to cover up was that four-footer, that four-foot mm-hmm. flag that I just did. When, yeah. um all the wood oh, just yeah. decided that it wanted to warp on me, you know, because pine does not warp. It's straight as an arrow. And um, so I had to put two pieces together to make one stripe. But luckily, like I said, I, I sort of have planned it out and did it where the black stripes are going to be. So the black hid the grain um, pattern. Because if you saw different grain going in different ways, but, you know, not in the normal stripe pattern, it would have thrown me off. So I was lucky enough to um, to get that one all squared away. I will say um, you did an amazing job. You, you felt with that. I mean, you found the mistake. You're able to correct yeah, it. Yeah, and like it turned like that's one of the reasons you're getting so many orders, man. Your flags are just getting better and better. And even with that mistake, no one would know it. I mean, like I wouldn't uh-huh. even say it's a mistake. Like. It was just something you forgot to add on, and you did. And the way you did it was smart. Well, yeah, the the stripe that I forgot to add, and then on top of that, when I was initially gluing it up, I was running out of stripes. That's why I think I got messed up because I, I had to keep taking solid one-piece stripes out, and I had to make doubles. So like I said, I, I placed them where the black stripe would be, and then when it came time to count my stripes and I went, oh, my God, I glued up 12 instead of 13, <laughs> I was lucky enough that that last one – was going to be on the bottom, which was a black stripe as well. So it, it all worked out in the end. Um, I was about ready just to quit at that moment in time, but it, it worked out. And, um, you know, I, I'm happy that it got sent out. I wish I took better pictures of it because I only took those two that I posted up and none, no others. And I'm really disappointed on that. I really, really wanted to take others. You should ask the customer to take some photos on the wall. Mm-hmm. And, you know uh, – I, I know we're I know we're sh- really going on on a different route on this one, but I I was toying around with this the other day. You know, I only sold a couple things on Etsy, and I've heard one thing back from one customer that they really liked it. They actually sent me a picture of it, and I was wondering, do you get kind of not bummed out, but like you want to know that the customer received the item, and you know that they're almost excited for it because like that four footer i was excited to ship it out i wanted to hear from the guy but i i never did and i don't want to be the one to reach out like hey buddy how's that flag that i made for you no there's no so i mean that's totally reasonable for like have you ever ordered anything off of amazon or even Mm -hmm. ebay and they're always emailing you back after the purchase saying Mm -hmm. how'd we do Give us a rating. You know, what do you think of the product? Blah blah blah. So it's not even it's not uncommon, you know, for you to ask for feedback. Sometimes people get busy, and it's not their priority just to give you feedback. Mm-hmm. And I totally get it because I do it all the time. eBay's been I've got about a million and one emails from eBay and Amazon asking for me to rate items that I bought. Mm-hmm. But uh, and I do I do every now and then I'll go through and do a few, you know. But um, I I've been in your boat too where. I've made something. I'm like, man, this is banging, and I can't wait till the person gets it. I can't wait till they, you know, they see this, and mm-hmm. then 
radio silence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. But I've also gotten a lot of good feedback, and I love it when customers send me pictures of my finished items on their walls or on their desk or whatnot. Mm -hmm. That's one of my favorite things to to post on my my social media is pictures of other people's houses, essentially, with my stuff in them. Yeah, I mean, it showcases your work in this natural environment. I mean, the mallet I did was ordered from a friend that's currently in a deployed location for another friend leaving the military. So Hmm. it went to a North Dakota location to uh, some gentleman that's receiving it. So I don't think I'll ever be able to see, like, how that, you know, the guy gets it, you know, his reaction Mm -hmm. or anything. And I I feel like I'm missing out because a lot of times when I give a piece of work to a client, I'm like, hey, if you don't mind, can you send me, uh, you know, a couple of pictures of it once it's set up? Because... That tells me a lot of things. A, it tells me how they're utilizing it, if they're utilizing it the same way as I thought, um, how they're staging it. It gives me a great mm-hmm. photo that I don't have to worry about staging myself. And, uh, you know, it, people want to see that. They want to see how your work's being utilized in the household. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, uh, to make a pseudonym on, on Instagram and order something from Josh, and then when he... <laughs> Say, hey, man, I'm going to send you pictures of it all set up, and it's going to be in a fireplace. <laughs> just just to watch a, a reaction video. And this is the last time we're hearing from Nick. Um, <laughs> that's messed up, man. Like, I know, right? But, I mean, come on. You made your money anyway. But still, it's, it's funny. You think that. Actually, going on uh, pictures in our products, i actually been purchasing a couple backdrops uh, for some of my projects. That way... Mm-hmm. I can post them on Etsy and have a professional backdrop. Um, they're not like a photographer, but they're like, I don't know, 30 by like 22, and they're double-sided. Did you get David Hasselhoff with the puppies? I did. I did that one just you know for you, so about. when you order that project, you can go ahead and uh, <laughs> you know what you're getting. So, oh, man. Um, do we have another wanna, question? Yeah, we do, but, you know, we're at uh, hour 12. You want to save it go into it? I think we do a quick roundtable and then right. and then close well, it up. So we got a question that got sent in uh, on Instagram, and it was by WW underscore Woodwork. Uh, his question was, uh, he wanted to know how y'all are spraying the water-based spar urethane. The next question is, does it or have you had any reaction in exterior weather yet? So the only time, I mean... I've sprayed spar urethane, and the only other outdoor product that I've sprayed was the Total Boat Halcyon. Um, I know that there is a flag that is currently living outside. Uh, I don't know how it's holding up, and um, I think if it fell apart already, I would have heard about it. Um, the spar urethane that I use is from Varathane, and uh, there is another gentleman that's local to me. His name is uh, Bear Country Flags. And um, he uses just spar urethane exclusively, and he's had flags sit outside for quite some time without any issues. So um, I would definitely check that stuff out. You guys have any uh, spar urethane stories? Nope. Sorry. I, this is Nick, and no, I, I don't use it because I just started spraying, and I've, I'm just on that Hales Young kick. So, Hales Josh, what about you? Stuff. So um, I've used a whole bunch of different varnishes and spar and poly acrylic um mm-hmm. so i will be able to report 
back how Halcyon has been holding up because my parents did hang the sign and you know through the winter of upstate New York I'll be able to say you know how many coats how it did and uh, basically you get a good understanding about how that's holding up but uh, Halcyon polycrylic and spar are the three that I use the most and you know obviously it depends on what I'm using and where it's going but uh, Honestly, if I wanted a full coverage, no matter what, I'd be just using Halcyon. Because mm -hmm. it, literally they have the different uh, matte, satin, gloss. Uh, I think they have a couple other ones in the clear. And uh, it is just overall coverage. And no matter if you put it inside or out, threw it in the pool, mm -hmm. um, what have you. <laughs> <laughs> Throw back to an episode. Uh, it's going to be good. And it, honestly, like, it's... I forget the package sizing, but you get quite a bit, and it goes a long <laughs> way. <laughs> and there's Nick. <laughs> oh, okay, man. so anyway. See, that question didn't take very long to, no, to it answer. Did not. So at this point, Josh, besides package size, what, um, what events do you want to talk about? Well, as you can see, out. we got real warmed up this uh, this episode when we did our YouTube live mm -hmm. because it's the first week of the month. We do those at 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, and hopefully you can join us. We do have giveaways going on at each live, and uh, you don't want to miss out what we're giving away. Um, with that, at the end of the month, last week of the month, we always invite a maker to come on the podcast and chat it up with us. Last uh one was Pete from Petrie's Workshop, and it was a great time. So we're looking forward to the next maker, and we'll announce that later this month. So two big events that we're having. Um, keep a lookout for anything else. And with that, how do you get a hold of us there, AJ? Do you just yodel? Well, you, you have to yodel, yes. Um, from the rooftops, not a mountain. Can, can you give us an example? Use it in a sentence. You, um, I went on the rooftop and I yodeled for the Sawdust Nation podcast. Okay, how do you do and that? And then they answered my yodel. Yodel. <laughs> anyway, if you want to get a hold uh, of us, you can reach my. I know, I know. I had nothing else. He put me on the uh, on the spot. I'm sorry. You did good, man. But I'm proud um, of you. thank you, thank you. So you can reach us all on Instagram. You can reach myself, AJ, over at Crafted and NJ. You can reach Nick over at NPG Creations. Or you can reach Josh over at North Country Woodworking. If you want to get a hold of all three of us, you can reach us over at Sawdust Nation Podcast, and you never know who you will be getting. Sometimes it could be Nick, Josh, or myself, mainly Nick. So with that, yeah, if you, I'm a troll on there, so in this natural. Habitat. And he uses he he uses our names as uh, as just cover. He'll be like, "Oh, hey, buddy, this is Josh talking." Yeah, if it's anyway. negative, it's probably Nick. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. If you, oh, man. If you want to send us any questions, you can send them to the Sawdust Nation Podcast Instagram. Um, you can also email them to us at sawdustnationpodcast at gmail.com. And if you do listen to the podcast on Apple Podcast, leave us a five-star review. The more reviews, the higher the reviews, the more we get uh, put up in the ranks, and then a lot more people get to listen to the Sawdust Nation podcast. I'm running out of steam on this. Um, but definitely leave us a comment, leave us a five-star review. And uh, with that, I'm going to throw it over to Nick for our sponsors. All right. So first off, I want to mention our affiliates and give Isotunes a special thank you for donating 
the Isotunes Pro ear protection for today's giveaway. And congratulations, Jesse Four from Jesse Four Woodworks on the win. Uh, next up, I want to thank uh, uh, our sponsor, uh, Total Boat. Uh, they make outstanding finish. Uh, I, I've explained many times before uh, that I used a Halcyon for the first time a few weeks ago, and it came out tr- flawless. So I invested. Um, I'm That's a believer. Go ahead and get yeah. Go ahead and get that total boat. Get on the boat. www.totalboat.com. <laughs> and finally, our last sponsor is uh, JTEC Photonics. Make. Uh, Wonderful laser systems for almost any CNC platform. Mm-hmm. You can go ahead and search out the different kits that they have. Just type in what kind of uh, CNC you have, and you can see if you have they have a um, an adaptable laser or uh, mounting kit for your particular machine. So www.jtechphotonics.com. And with that, I'm going to turn it over to Josh. Well, ladies and gentlemen, wrapping this episode up, and we thank you for joining us this week. And if you joined us on your live, that we appreciate that as well. So, AJ, final words. <clears throat> well, just wanted to say I love you all. Stay safe. And I don't want to take anything from Josh. Thank you. Nick? It's my turn. Okay, so go ahead and take care of yourself and each other. Until next time, keep making sawdust. You son of a... <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> And I think it goes something like Sawdust Nation out. Yeah, you guys are doing a really poor job at this. Let me show you how to do it once again. (laughs) Thank you guys for joining us. Keep making Sawdust. Sawdust Nation out. Bye-byes, everybody. Bye-byes. So tell me you didn't measure your cornhole correctly. (laughs) You (laughs) did <laughs> I I did it, not measure you, my corner. You messed up. Yeah, he did. I you did. went outside the line, didn't you? No. You should have I, had a friend help I, him measure. I did it even Oh, you took the line? And nope. I did it even worse than that.